baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. If you ever wondered, how bad is our government, really? I mean, what are they capable of? It turns out they're capable of this. Knowing the COVID-19 vaccine caused myocarditis, caused permanent heart damage, and not only hiding it from the public, but going so far as to have virologists and health professionals censored on social media by the FBI, by the federal government for telling people the truth, and then... To make sure they got the shots in the arms, even advising employers to fire employees who wouldn't take the shot. Hundreds of people in just my audience here in Greenville, South Carolina, either quit their jobs or were let go because they wouldn't take a shot. And the whole whole time we now know as fact, the whole time that campaign was running with all those CDC officials going on TV day after day after day, fire them. Um, you know, Joe Biden saying fire them. Well, now know the whole time the CDC knew two things. Number one, that the shot did not work, that it didn't stop the spread of COVID at all. In other words, that it was completely useless from a public health perspective. And we now know since at least May, they knew it caused myocarditis. Look up myocarditis. Once you're diagnosed with that, 50% of people are dead within a decade. It's not a small thing. Others have shortened lifetimes or problems throughout the rest of their lifetime. It's permanent damage. And think about this, folks. They were literally kicking people out of the military for not taking a shot. They knew damn well might permanently injure them or kill them folks that is just borders on homicidal we know that this draft alert which was called draft alert on myocarditis and mrna vaccines we know that this draft alert existed because the epoch times got a copy of it and here's what else we're learning the cdc first started receiving reports of post-vaccination myocarditis in January 2021 from the shots that it had given in December of 2020. Yet they waited five months to draft a warning to the public that they never sent. Then they sent their minions on TV to tell us it was safe. Even worse, we're learning 
the agency, the CDC, also hit a warning from Israel because remember, that was the country that first vaccinated young people who actually faced the highest risk of myocarditis. Israel warned the CDC that the vaccinated, particularly the young vaccinated, were getting it. Instead of issuing that alert, that warning about the shots, they went with an acknowledgement by the end of May that, yeah, there was some reported myocarditis cases after COVID-19, slightly higher than expected, but really not a big deal. And everybody, particularly the young, should get the shot when they knew damn well this was a problem. So just to recap what we've learned since the beginning of the pandemic, and especially in the last couple of weeks, Anthony Fauci admits, as social distancing, I don't know where that came from. It wasn't really based on science. Dr. Deborah Burks admits, Oh, yeah, lockdowns? No, that wasn't based on science. I made that up, she said in her book. She said, no, I just made that up to get two weeks to stop the spread, to get two weeks to come up with a better reason to keep everything locked down. There was no science behind it. The whole idea that, hey, don't see your relatives in case unless they get the shot or it'll spread. They knew the whole time that was a lie. Literally told my, tore my family apart. For a couple of years over that, we didn't see them. And now we're finding out they knew the whole time that the shot didn't work. Worse than that, it could actually have the potential to harm your body and especially young people's bodies. They hid that too and censored anyone who said otherwise. So folks, this is is moving this from, hey, we've never had one of these before in modern times. They're going to make mistakes too. This is malicious. Why bring this up? Because they're going to do it again. Another scamdemic a COVID-style PSYOP where they take a relatively harmless cold that, yes, does kill people and amp it to the point of total government control or an attempt to get total government control. They will do it again. And I want you to know, to keep it in your mind, they will lie to you on a homicidal level. They will tell you things that endanger your life. And I want you to remember that the next time the federal government is telling you, do this, don't do that, take this, don't do that. They are capable of giving you information that kills, knowing full well it could harm or kill you. Knowing full well that all those people who took the shot because they were afraid of how they were going to pay their mortgage, afraid that they were going to lose their job, were literally risking permanent heart damage and not caring folks. It's just, it's so evil, you almost can't wrap your mind around it. What we need so desperately is a why. We need to understand why. Is it just garden variety corruption, looking for a career with Pfizer or one of the big drug makers afterward, don't want to break with the crowd? Or is there something more evil going on here? Was there a desire for population-wide death, population-wide something bigger going on here. It is critical that we answer that question. What was the driving reason that they did this? I want to take a break here for just a moment and tell you about my friends at Common Sense Retirement Planning. You know, retirement is basically unemployment for 30 years. Is your retirement going to go the distance? That's why it's so important that people planning for retirement work with a great financial planner, but also people who are in retirement. You need a guaranteed income for life that will last 30 years. If you go the distance, you can get one at Common Sense Retirement Planning, and the consultation is free. It's no obligation. Find them online, csrp.info. That's csrp.info. Listen to their podcast there. 
CSRP.info. Now back to the podcast. Meanwhile, with DeSantis out the door, suspending his campaign, what comes next? Well, obviously, Trump's got to beat Nikki Haley in New Hampshire. That should be pretty easy to do. And we now basically are going to begin the longest general election campaign in American history. Because usually by January, it's still heavily in the primary season for one of the two candidates. We now know who the two candidates are. So historically, this is going to be the longest one ever. And the GOP has got a lot of problems. So does Trump. He's facing 91 felony charges. The Democrats only need a conviction on one out of 91. And then what happens? Well, the GOP's pretty split on that. The question has been pulled over and over, and the answers come out pretty much the same. If Trump is convicted of a felony, 58% of voters say no, they wouldn't vote for him, including 28% of Republicans. In fact, if he's convicted of a felony, just 43% of Republicans say they'll vote for him, and just 20% of the electorate say for sure they'll vote for him. Another 20% are unsure. Meaning Trump supporters, especially talk radio listeners who are the most educated people in the country, see this as lawfare, see this as a political persecution, which it is. The vast majority though of the population doesn't see it that way, at least not yet. Will they come to see it that way? Maybe, if it starts to look too heavy handed. But whatever the case, Over the weekend, the second of Trump's own attorneys, this time it was Joe Tacopina, he was on the Trump defense team until last week, became the second of Trump's attorneys over the weekend, the other one is Alan Dershowitz, to say, yeah, he's probably going to get convicted before the election. Oh, is it possible? Absolutely. You have a jury of 12 who's going to ultimately decide this. Uh, look, a grand jury voted to indict, and, and he's going to have to face a jury in Washington, D.C. Four grand jury. Yeah, four. <laughs> um, Washington, D.C., um, Florida, and, and Georgia, and New York City. And, you know, I'd say maybe three of those venues are not particularly big Trump venues, right? New York City, Washington, D.C., and, and Atlanta. So that's going to be, you know, something to really have to grapple with there. And you can't say there's no way he'll get convicted. There is no way, um, you know, he'll be sentenced. Another one of his lawyers, Dershowitz, said in his book, Get Trump, that Trump will be convicted before the election. He also says the conviction will be overturned, but that it takes time. It won't be till after the election. So the fate of the Republican Party is now tied to the legal fate of Trump. Trial dates, the whims of liberal judges. These things will mean more than debates. These things will mean more than issues. It's going to be like we've never seen before. The good news is that Trump has gotten some breaks lately. He's got to get through four of these cases or avoid them before the general election. In one of these, in Georgia, the Fannie Willis situation, Fannie Willis could well be dealing with her own criminal trial at the rate we're going here by the time she's supposed to be trying Trump. Unfortunately, she's pretty dug into that case. I mean, she's already gotten convictions from folks around Trump who've agreed to testify against him. So odds are pretty good they swap her out. In other words, the case, it's too established. It's been running too long. Fanny going to prison or being taken off of it, they'll just swap her out. But the good news for Trump about that is the delay. 
it's going to take more time, more emotions. She was always on a really tight trial schedule, so tight that he, again, was probably going to be on trial with her in Georgia on Election Day. So maybe he can get it pushed back till after the election. But even if that happens, it adds this really weird element of unsureness that the public hasn't even really been informed of yet from the media because suppose the Fannie trial occurs after the election. Well, Trump can't pardon himself on state charges or state convictions. He'd have to go to prison as president if he's convicted. The media has not explained this to the American people yet. Heck, the media hasn't even explained this to conservatives or Republicans yet. Neither have our talking heads. Because, look, I'm in this industry. Everybody is so terrified to point this out to you because they're afraid it'll hurt their ratings. They're afraid anything that they say will be taken as, hey, I'm against Trump. No, I'm just saying they're going to spend six months explaining you could elect this guy and then he has to go to prison or he has to go to trial. That may not mean anything to us because we understand lawfare, but the average low information voter, that 30% of independents that determines whether Republicans get to win or not, it probably will matter to them. But again, the good news, the lucky break Trump just got, is that Fannie's own legal problems will probably delay the trial, hopefully delay it long enough that it doesn't take place till after Election Day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Then you've got what's going on in Florida. Initially, the judge there, who was appointed by Trump, seemed like she was amenable to a May trial. But now, lately, she's been telling the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, hey, you have too many of these going on. Trump's legal team can't possibly prepare for this. That's not fair. So he he was expecting to start that trial in March. She actually told him, hey, no, we're not even going to talk about starting the trial till you come back in March. So nobody knows when that trial is going to be. Is she going to successfully be able to push it off till after the election? In which case, that one's a federal one. So he could pardon himself uh, if, you know, she wants to push it after the election. That one goes away. So that's two. The big ones for him, the one in New York um, is currently scheduled to start March 25th. We'll see what goes on with that one. Trump could actually be convicted in that one, end up a convicted felon, um, but there's almost no jail term for it. So he's, you know, got the imprimatur of a convicted felon, but it doesn't matter because there's not really a way to put him in prison or for to put him in prison long enough he can't serve as president. So there's that. And then the big one is the one in D.C. right now. That trial is on the calendar to start March 5th. But Judge Tanya Chuckin, who's an Obama appointee, has halted the proceedings until the Supreme Court and the appeals court rule on whether Trump has immunity or not. Given that she's an Obama judge and just given all her connections, she is a radical liberal. No way she allows Trump to put this thing off until after the general election. They're going to go to trial before the election. The question is when. 
That is unless the Supreme Court rules that Trump does have immunity. But I'd be shocked by that. The Supreme Court's going to understand rightfully. So you, you can't just rule that presidents have legal immunity once they're elected. They my God, they'll just go c- kill all of their you know, opponents. I mean, it's just that you can't give them a free reign like that. It will lead to just absolutely terrible things. There's no Supreme Court's going to rule that. Maybe they give him a limited immunity that's very specific. He can hope for that. But more than likely, no, he's going to have to go to trial. So that's the big one. But the good news for Trump is that with Fannie Willis being so obviously criminally corrupt, uh, this is throwing a bit of a wrinkle into their quadruple redundant strategy of making sure across four cases, two state and two federal, that they get the conviction. And of course, they wanted the two state because they know Trump can't pardon himself if it's a state trial. Given what's at stake here, y'all, I mean, the survival of the Supreme Court itself, will they pack it like it's a legislature? Really the future of the country and whether the Bill of Rights is even going to apply anymore because that seems to be slipping away day to day. Literally what you don't want is a clean sweep by the Democrats. You don't want a massive landslide. And as far as kind of where we are now, literally the fate of the country and our individual fates, our freedom is tied to the court schedule and really the whims of three liberal judges and just what they feel like doing on any given day. And as these trials heat up, that and not the Democrats record is what's mainly going to be focused on. It's going to be a frustrating election year. But so far right now, Trump has some wind at his back. He's gotten some luck in some of these cases. Let's pray that continues. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. I want to thank our sponsor, PhD Weight Loss, not just for the podcast, but also for changing my life. I lost 29 pounds in six months and I've kept it off for almost a year. I'm at 11 months right now in maintenance. Maintenance, I found, is as important as the diet itself. You need a plan to keep it off or what's even the point of taking it off? But I've been amazed by how easy it has been to slide from the plan into my new life of maintaining my weight. Is that intriguing to you? Have you taken weight off before like I have many times but failed to keep it off? What makes PhD weight loss so much better? Find out. Go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. And no, you can do it from anywhere. There's somebody in every state in the nation losing weight this way. It works. Myphdweightloss.com. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.